there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or 10 minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career double shot K-Cup with my guest, Bronwyn Salambeni. What about those who are going in for an interview, Bronwyn. Mm -hmm. And and let's start maybe with the informational interview. So these are the interviews where you're just going in to kind of get a sense of maybe what that person does in their job or what their company does. So how can they communicate with that person across the table at Starbucks or wherever they are that reflects well on themselves and that they can get the information they need? I am so happy you asked me this. I have been wanting to talk about this for years and and I've been like, when's the right opportunity? And here I am. And it is right now. I'm so excited to say this. I have had so few positive experiences because people ask me for informational interviews all the time. And I used to do them all the time, but I found them so un satisfying because I'm the one there to provide information because so rarely do people prepare well for them. So I cannot, I can't tell you how happy I am to share what I believe about preparing well for an informational interview. What I find is that most people don't prepare. They come and they expect the expert with whom they've, they're sitting at Starbucks to drive the conversation. That is not how it goes. If you have asked someone to for an informational interview, the greatest thing you can do for that expert is to be totally prepared by having read what they've written, listen to what they've done if they're a podcaster, and have five or six questions that are meaningful to ask them. If you do that, I, I don't want to say guarantee because that's too strong a word, but 99% of the time, that expert will advocate for you from there on out. But if you come unprepared and expect them to drive the conversation, it creates a dead end. That person thinks to themselves, this person wasn't prepared. They just figured I would do all the work because I'm the expert and I'm not willing to stick my neck out for them. But I remember I, I must have one year, I think I went on like 10 or 11 informational interviews with people. And one woman Stephanie Johnson, if you're listening, this one's for you, showed up and actually knew everything about me and had 10 great questions. And I was so knocked out and impressed by her. I said, hey, Stephanie, if you ever have an interview, you come to my house and I will prep you for that interview. Wow. She did. But that that's that's the difference. Pretend it's a job interview. Give it everything you've got because one conversation becomes a lifelong partnership or friendship or mentorship. So I'm so glad you asked me that question. Absolutely. <laughs> and gosh, now you're making me think maybe we should dig into this a little bit more because yeah. so you said they should obviously research you. Yes. Whether it's yes. watching a TED talk that yep. you've given or a podcast I wish I've given a TED talk. Right. Yeah. I mean, whatever the it is that they, Absolutely. that they look and they look at your resume. And I would add to that, 
think about what you want to get out of the interview. So when it's over, what information is it that you are trying to get? If this is about, hey, I'd love to know if maybe the communications field is something that I would enjoy. Exactly. Your questions that you pose to Bronwyn should be about getting a sense from her, what she's done in those different right. jobs. What were the parts right. she liked? What were the parts that sucked? That's it. And and the thing to remember, if, if somebody is advanced enough in their career that they warrant you interviewing them for information, the most precious resource they have is time. For me, my life is scheduled to the second, as I'm sure yours is, because we have kids and we have jobs and we have all this thing. If I feel like my time is well used because you've come with an intention, you've come with good questions and you've come to listen, I will gladly give you my time. But man, if you're not ready, I am so mad. Talk about triggers. That's my trigger. I feel like like my time isn't being used well, I freak out. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So now let's get into the big kahuna, the yes. real job interview. Mm, I want to start answering that question by telling you my biggest train wreck interview. <laughs> so okay. I'm going to hold on to your hats. Okay. I am. So I think it was, this was, I mean, you're, you're just going to die. I think it was maybe July or maybe it was August of the year 2001. And if you go back in, in your time machine, you will recognize that the economy was already kind of slowing down. In fact, it was in Silicon Valley, it was already very much screeching to a halt, but it was pre 9-11. Right. And so I was out of work because I'd been offered a relocation package to New York and I didn't want to move to New York. I wanted to stay in San Francisco. But I had had such a run at that point of success with interviewing. I was like, oh, my God, I am a star. I got this. And I got an interview that summer. Wait for it. Pre IPO Google. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. And with a gentleman who is a kind of famous guy now, right? And Google back then, the Googleplex was like a teeny little rundown garbage looking, you know, tracked Silicon Valley office space. This, you know, maybe they had 100 people. Who knows how many people then? I can't remember. Anyway, I get this interview and it was a public relations position. And I was like, oh my God, I shred a PR. I'm so good at this. I've never not gotten the job. And I walk in thinking I am hot shit. You know what I mean? I sit down and they, he proceeds to ask me really good questions. Questions that if I had been humble, I would have researched what analysts cover us. What, uh, what did they say about us that's good? What do they say we need to work on? Who are our friends in the press? Who tends to pick on us in the press? These are idiot prep questions that I should have done. Idiot. Baseline. Baseline PR interviewed prep questions. Didn't do them. And I'm sitting in the interview looking at this man, realizing my mistake and just being like, holy cannoli, you are blowing, blowing this interview. At a certain point, I, I, you know, I just had to like take a deep breath, give it my best shot. And I walked out of there and I thought that will never, ever happen to me again, ever. And, you know, it all worked out. Everything happens for a reason. But to me, the great thing you can do to prepare for an interview is sit down and go, what are the dummy questions that any person in my field should know the answer to? Who is the competition for this company? You know, what are the, what are the most recent things that have been written about this company that are positive? What are the negatives? There's some questions that, you know, are just like, duh, right? Start there. Then ask, what questions am I afraid they're going to ask me? 
figure out what your answers are. Work with somebody. Does this sound okay the way I answer this? Or do I sound like I'm tat? Like, give me feedback. Give me feedback. Like gotcha questions, right? What are the questions I hope to God they ask me that I love answering? Practice those out loud. The best thing you can do is prep for a job interview, almost the way executives need to prep for a press interview. Really think through how you want to answer. And don't just think about it. Get in front of the mirror in front of somebody you trust and practice out loud. I worked with an executive. This was probably 10 years ago and he was interviewing for a CEO job. And I asked him such a basic question because he had a, he had a gap in his resume because he took some time off. And it was such a basic question. The most obvious question he would get, what's this gap? What have you been doing? And Andrea, he was a wreck. He sounded crazy when he answered that question. And the only reason he did, because we were practicing, was because in his mind, he had never said it out loud. And as he started talking, he started hearing, oh my God, this sounds crazy. And then he got crazier. So I said, listen, this is why we prep. That's a crazy answer. Let's go back, tell me the truth, and let's make sure that it's a truth that resonates out and not just in. And he got the job. But if he hadn't practiced that question, he would have been like Marco Rubio on TV that was like guzzling water on camera. (laughs) So that is so, so, so important. You know, I used to tell when you're young, you just think you're invincible, especially if you've had a a good run of interviews in the past. You've got to earn your stripes. Every interview you do make every interview count as if it's the most important interview in your life and you will be rewarded for it. Fantastic. What about body language? Oh, I'm. this is so huge. In fact, it's, it's even bigger than body language. It's an energy conversation. I know that sounds very California, but no, it's, it's I love real. that. I am all about energy, my friend. Because you can feel it. We announce ourselves before we open our mouths, right? We walk into a room and people feel us first. And if you are, and here's where the energy game begins. It begins in the mind, right? So if I'm in the waiting room and my heart is pounding, if you can hear me tapping on my chest, my heart is pounding and I'm in the waiting room and I'm thinking, I don't know if I'm up for this. Did I prep enough? My body starts to curve inward. I'm like a little rabbit about to be chased by, you know, the fox and it curves my shoulders. My knees get weak. My everything physiologically starts to line up for either flight fight or freeze. And none of those gestures, none of those body language signs are good. They're all bad. They all signal to the person you're about to meet with, I'm scared, I'm incompetent, and I really don't want to be here. So it begins in the mind. When you're in the lobby about to go into the interview, what you want to do is breathe. Start calming that heart rate down. Breathe into your belly button. In through the nose, out through the mouth. You can look up various breathing techniques, any of them, as long as they're deep belly breaths, any of them will help you. So you want to start by just regulating your breath, go deep in your breath. And once your heart starts to calm down, then you can work with your mental messages and say, this is going to be great. Even if I don't get the job, my only job right now is to make a connection and to show them what I'm capable of and ask smart questions. The rest is up to them. The rest I don't have control over, but I can control my breath, my heart rate, and the way I walk in the room. And you just sit with that and your shoulders roll back. You may even need to like manufacture a pose of confidence, like Wonder Woman pose where you put your hands on your hips, right? you know, whatever you need to do, but change your physiology. Because what it does is it tells your body it's okay. Everything's fine. And your body goes, oh, okay, thank God. Okay. You can have access to your brain now. We're not in fight, flight, or freeze. Go ahead and think. And that way, when you walk into the room, you shake hands, you make eye contact, and that person 
feels that you are radiating confidence and just the desire to connect. And that is what sets you up for a gorgeous interview. Definitely. And the only thing I would add to that is that as part of that preparation to put out positive energy in your best self, smile. As smile, be warm. That's right. They're looking at you in a slightly different way than somebody who wants to date you. In that, <laughs> they're true. thinking, God can willing. I kind of live with this person That's in right. my space? Are they going to put out positive juju into the, you know, the office cooler atmosphere? Or are they going to be like energy vampires? right. God, that is so spot on. It's absolutely spot on. And also, can this person, this young person, I'm presuming for this category of people, can this person handle hierarchy? Can this person handle communicating, listening well and contributing when she or he is low on the totem pole? Because if you can't contribute when you're surrounded by people that are smarter or wiser or have fancier titles than you, it's probably not going to work out. But if you show up and you, it's like, yes, of course I can contribute just because you're a senior vice president and I'm an intern doesn't mean I'm less human. It just means I treat you with the respect that you deserve because you have a higher title than me, but I don't lose my mind and become powered by it, right? I had to learn that the hard way in my line of work because I, you know, sometimes I work with like climate change scientists or, you know, people that are really powerful and well-known in their world. And, and I, you know, whenever that temptation to get intimidated rears up, I think I can't help this person if I'm intimidated. I've got to get to equality with them so that I can be of service. And that's ultimately what you are being hired for, to be of service, to help solve problems and to add to the energy, as you say. So bringing that with you is so powerful. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.